Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Mr. Davis and I'm joined by Luke Warm, Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. Oh, we've had a busy couple of weeks, haven't we? Get everything prepped for Crimbo. Yeah, we're getting ahead for the Christmas schedule. We're going to have some time off. And you, you're moving house tomorrow. Certainly am. I'm so yeah. If you if you enjoy the magazine podcast, which I know a lot of people do, because I get a lot of messages every week saying it's the best podcast that we do. Um, I'm not on it this week. It's going to be Adam and Denise, which I think is going to be a very lovely time. Um, but I'm going to miss doing it because I've got to move house instead. So I, I can't get up in the morning and record that podcast because I've got removal people coming around to like grab boxes and stuff. Where's your priorities, honestly? I know, right? What a dickhead taking time off from work. But anyway. Let's get into this show because we've got a hell of a lot of League of Lockdown submissions. I don't think we're going to have time to get all of them in, but we'll try our best. Here is the show. Kenny Omega is the best thing in wrestling. I guess I should have phrased that as a question because that's how we've titled the video. Is Kenny... I'll do it like a sort of... You get it a lot in uh, news reporting on TV where they ask a question and then they answer it in the very first line. Is Kenny Omega the best thing in wrestling right now? Yes. Kenny Omega is the best thing in wrestling right now. I'm Mr. Davis, your Jam That Champion. I will be retaining my Jam That Championship to be the first ever successful title retainer in championship history. Three time, three time, three time at TLC against El Fagador, Laurie Blake at TLC Live Reactions this Sunday. And joining me on that show will also be Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello. Yes, Kenny Omega is the best thing in wrestling right now. Yeah, I don't like you either. Uh, We are reviewing last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. It's been quite a few weeks for AEW Dynamite, and it's set to be 
another quite a few weeks because we've had Winter is Coming, then we had the Sting explanation episode last week, and then next week we've got sort of three weeks of New Year's themed, holiday themed smashes. So they're kind of mini mini pay-per-view TV specials with Snooper Dog. And this episode was kind of in in the bit where you don't do all your big stuff. Yeah, I mean, this episode really felt like it was all about here. here's the talent you need to be looking out for next year. So that is people like Top Flight. That's like the acclaimed. Even I, I think it's sort of like the, the women's match as well, where you had Deeb and Swole, Ivelisse and Diamante. This whole episode felt like, okay, We've had all the we've had all of this stuff in 2020, but here's what you need to look out for in 2021. And I, I thought that was a, a smart thing for them to do because, as you say, they've got a lot of tape shows coming up. Big stuff on those tape shows, like no doubt, uh, the acclaimed versus the Young Bucks for the tag titles. But probably, you know, more importantly, Ray Phoenix versus Kenny Omega for the AEW Championship, which I think is going to be an outstanding match. Yeah, I. Uh... So, so that's, yeah, I, I think you're totally right. You can't do every episode as a killer super angle thing. That's called hot shot booking. It burns the audience and yourself out. It's not a long-term thing. So this is a fascinating episode, particularly tonight. I Weirdly, I'm looking more forward to the ratings when they come out tonight than I was after the Winter is Coming special, purely because this is kind of like, this will be the baseline. This is the true mark of success of how many viewers AEW have brought in over the last two weeks of just really insane booking. But yeah, it's it's also this kind of preview show of 2021. And you have the younger talent, which I thought they did a very competent, understated job of making feel part of the roster. But also, they've said it in interviews for months, 2021 is going to be Kenny Omega's year. And he main evented this show, his first match since winning the AEW Championship at Winter is Coming. And, at the you know, we'll go into the match shortly. But yeah, at the end of it, we've got a, a match against Ray Phoenix set up, which Pac announced, which is just so perfectly set up because Phoenix was injured in the number one contenders tournament that Omega eventually won. Omega beat Pentagon, if you remember, to advance in that tournament. But it was meant to be Phoenix. It should mm-hmm have been Phoenix. And that and, um, is why Tony yeah. Khan has booked this match. And that's why we had uh, him face Joey Janela here, because they actually called this, you know, the, the title elimination tournament, which is what the, the tournament has been called previously, because Joey couldn't make it. And in the end, he beat Sonny Kiss. So they, they set this up as like, OK, like he didn't get to have that match in the tournament. So we're now going to have that tournament match now. And if he gets the win, that will get him a title shot here. But with Phoenix, Phoenix had already advanced through into the next round. So they're already calling that a win. And now he's going to get a title shot off the back of that. Really nicely set up. It all makes sense. And it's all, you know, you follow it. And it's and it's just lovely, really, isn't it? You <laughs> set up matches that have got a nice little bit of logic to them. Doesn't need to be ever expanding, not like, you know, this that, and the other. Just a very bill. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? So that's lovely. Well, it's, it's just a perfect blend of long-term booking that with reactive booking because you can you know gado can lay plans for two three four five years ahead in new japan but injuries happen particularly now in the pandemic people are going to miss episodes because of various you know isolation things or in phoenix's case what was joey's reason that was because he worked that show wasn't it and he had to isolate yeah, uh, but right, phoenix yeah. picked up an injury um so yeah you you, you just 
you take what's been given to you. You don't just forget that happened. And AEW keep doing this. And it's one of the reasons their long-term booking works so well is because they're constantly tweaking stuff in the sort of micro level. Uh, Eddie Kingston, his whole push was because he didn't get properly eliminated from the Battle Royal. And that, I don't think that was meant to happen. They just ran with it. Just like how they're running with Phoenix not getting that, not getting to advance in the tournament here. But to answer the question of, is Kenny Omega the best thing in wrestling right now? It was sort of, a, it was a realization I had while I was watching this show. Um, and now we kind of debated whether we were going to run with this title um, sort of earlier in this day, earlier in the day. We couldn't, we were sort of thinking, what do we want to talk about on the, on the Dynamite podcast? And I suggested this title and you said, oh, there is the Roman Reigns stuff on SmackDown, which is, you know, legitimately great. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, and you're absolutely right. But I feel like this is something that can be discussed. You know, is he is can he make the best thing? Because I had this moment when I was watching Dynamite where it's just like, I can't wait for Kenny to come out. Like it was just like the, the whole shit. Kenny's was the main event. It was him versus Joey Janela. And the entire time I was just thinking to myself, I cannot wait for Kenny Omega to come out. I cannot wait for the main event. I'm not, you know, I'm not that enamored with the idea of Kenny versus Joey. I just want to see Kenny Omega. And I'm sort of finding myself reading all these, you know, the recaps of impact and stuff and like watching what he's doing there and just being so excited by it. Like him hanging out with Carl Anderson was like, oh, oh yeah. my God, this is amazing. And then the announcement that he's going to be on Hard to Kill, and it's him with the Good Brothers, a Bullet Club reunion versus uh, Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. Like, it's just incredible. Like, I I want this, mm. and I cannot wait for it. And yeah, Kenny Omega for me now is for me he is the best thing in wrestling as a personal thing. He's the best thing in wrestling because I just cannot wait to see what he's going to do next. And that for me is like that. And he's just got this star power about him that makes me excited for what. And even if he does, even if it's just him coming out and cutting a promo, I'm like, can't wait for it, though. Absolutely cannot wait to see him. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the last time I thought thought this way about a wrestler. It would probably be a mix of Kevin Steen back in Ring of Honor and CM Punk around mm -hmm. well or, you know cm punk until he left wwe really in 2014 early 2014 um and that is yeah totally i would watch the shows uh in ring of honor's case i would enjoy those shows but i would i would just be waiting for and like just a promo segment would make me ecstatic for steam uh with with wwe i i resented sitting through the shows but i did so just for a glimpse of punk whether it be an entrance an interview a promo or a match and yeah, within two weeks, that's how I've that's how I feel about Kenny. Uh, I, you know, I, this is how I used to feel about Kenny back uh, when he took over the Bullet Club in New Japan as well. It's, I you know, it, I, we won't retread this again. It's there's an argument. This should have he should have been this last year when AEW kicked off. You've got to think, oh, how many of those million viewers in that first week would have stuck around if he was this kind of star power? like this kind of draw. But what they're doing now, I, I totally agree. I, but I, I'm not seeing anyone in the chat. Oh, well, yeah, no, there's a few people about like arguing the Roman thing. We're not saying Roman's bad. We're not saying the head of the family storyline's bad at all. It's fantastic. This is this is a good thing. Wait, there's, there's two good things on different wrestling promotions. Uh, but I think, yeah, for me and you, Omega is is the most exciting right now 
I was wondering, is there a way, uh, producer Rich, for us to do a poll? We could, but it's it's awkward because this is an AEW stream. It's mostly AEW people watching. I think it will be a maybe, bit weighted. Maybe a bit uh, weighted, yeah. Just, a, just maybe we just pop it up on Twitter, and we'll get a sort of a wider thing. But yeah, everything from Kenny's. Let's talk about the match here. Oh yeah, uh, because what what I realized in this is that Kenny Kenny is the way Don Callis and Kenny present themselves is that it's beyond a wrestling company now. Like, they don't feel like an AEW star. They feel like a wrestling star. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, like, as I said, like, I, I, I just love this presentation so much. You've got Kenny doing the big entrance with the, the cleaning girls. His, um, the, the, the Justin Roberts intro and everything with the North Carolina stuff. And then you've got Don Callis walking up to Tony Schiavone and saying, you are not good enough to call a Kenny Omega match get out of that seat, give me that headset. And Tony, because you love Tony, stands up for himself, like, no, kiss my ass. Like, I'm not oh. getting out of my seat. This is my job. And then, like, apologizing to Jay on his schedule, like, I'm so sorry that I, I you know, I, I reacted that way. They're like, no, no, you absolutely should react that way. And then Don Callis, like, the big dick that he is anyway, just grabs a microphone and starts calling the match anyway and sort of about how great Kenny Omega is until Joey Janelli gets on offense. It's like, it just goes very quiet. Yeah, but the microphone again, like it was the microphone that Kenny won with uh, John Moxley. That like it's it's so thematically consistent. It's there's a real attention to detail. Obviously, it's Kenny Omega who's probably uh, putting a lot of these bits in. But Tony, yeah, Tony Schiavone, the commentary team, like nothing is normal. It it does fit. There is an NWO element to Kenny's character at the moment because he's leaning into the whole bullet club thing, which exists above all wrestling promotions. You know, AJ Styles in WWE, the guys over in New Japan, the guys in Impact. That I feel like they're more bullet club than they are any of those individual promotions. And, mm -hmm. and that that's kind of what the NWO brought. And it's about making those segments feel completely different from the rest of AEW's presentation. So it shouldn't be overstated how important Don doing his own commentary of that separate to the commentary desk is to that perception. Yeah, it's interesting. We had some questions about this on Quizlemania last night, you know, being like, oh, this is going to lead to... And we, do you know, we had this when we first... When the, the, this happened two weeks ago, was like, oh, you know, AEW versus Impact Dream Matches. That's what this is. This is an AEW versus Impact War. But it's not. It's just Kenny Omega is bigger than one promotion. This isn't about the AEW Women's Champion versus the Impact Women's Champion. This is just Kenny Omega is the biggest thing in wrestling. And therefore, he's going to go to as many promotions as he wants because every promotion wants Kenny Omega. So he's going to go to AAA. He's going to go to Impact. I would love it. He's going to go to New Japan. Once travels, he's going to go to England. He's going to go to Rev Pro. He's going to go to this that, and the other. And it's just, that's the character now. This isn't about any one promotion. This is about the star, Kenny Omega. Well, let's talk about one of those promotions. It's what we all want. It's the Forbidden Door. So we've been saying, you know, no one kicks out the one-winged angel because, you know, I'm dumb. I don't read all of history. And that's what AEW themselves on commentary have pushed. No one kicks out the one-winged angel. We got it's off... Uh, AEW. New Japan, have, mm -hmm. New Japan did it a lot as well. 
we got off uh, our episode last last week, and producer Rich said to us both, actually, uh, <laughs> Abushi kicked out in the DDT match they had. And I, oh, okay, oh yeah, I, I think I'd read that once before, my bad. And here on this show, which is a really significant departure from the sort of AEW rules that they've had, Don Callis says, no one kicks out the one-winged danger on, com like on, on his microphone. And Excalibur just mutters under his breath, Kota Ibushi. Yeah. It's it's nuts, right? And uh, do you know what I, I I've been thinking about this all day, like that that line from from Excalibur, and you know why all of a sudden we we start to change this narrative, and I think it's because that Kotarabushi kickout is becoming more commonplace of knowledge. So you know we've had super chats and we've had hyper chats and you and I have discussed it on this show. We had it on Quizlemania last night. People messaging him being like, who should be the first person to kick out the one winged angel? It has just become this sort of like written rule among wrestling fans that no one has kicked out of the one winged angel because that is what the, all the wrestlers have, have kind of put forward, right? Apart from those people who did know, who said like, well, actually there was that Kota Ibushi kick out spot, but not a lot of people remember that. And then you got the other people just like, well, actually Kota Ibushi, et cetera, et cetera. And so what I think is because that Kodobushin is now becoming more commonplace knowledge, they're like, well, we can't keep peddling this narrative that mm. no one's ever done it because it's out there and more people are now remembering it. So we're not going to treat our audiences like they're idiots. We're just going to just change it and just say like, yeah, okay. So yeah, Coda has kicked out of it. That's now the story. Coda is the only person who was kicked out of the one-winged angel. And it's, it's just treating your audience with respect. And you'd think, yeah, totally. I totally agree with that compared to some companies that, you know, just ignore facts and truth and history to, to serve whatever story they're telling at that moment, which they would later contradict anyway. Uh, we just did Vengeance 2001 for WrestleTalk Extra <laughs> and the whole thing is brought around. The first ever undisputed championship in wrestling history, which Dave Meltzer points out, is nowhere near true. Um, <laughs> I, you'd think... Oh, Abushi kicked out the one-winged angel. This story doesn't work. Ah, it doesn't make a, a as good a story if no one ever has. I totally disagree. I think if you lean into this and you go the way you want it, like, what's better? No one's ever kicked out the one-winged angel? Yeah, that is cool. Or... But wait a second, there's one guy from Kenny Omega's past who has, he has the secret, he can beat Kenny Omega. And then like, either he beats him, that's cool, or Kenny beats Abushi. if that ever happens, I'm sorry, I'm getting carried away, I'm fantasy booking here. He beats Abushi. he puts that to rest, you kind of tie that up in a little bow. Ah, Kenny has gotten stronger, the one-winged angel is undefeatable, until Hangman Page kicks out of the one-winged angel. A one. Do it at one. Do it at one. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> So I'm just going to quickly read some messages we've had from producer Rich, which is just, in all caps, dick, and you're such a heel, Ollie. It's Mr. Yeah. Davis. <laughs> you're fired. Um, so, yeah, I just, I'm so excited about everything that Kenny Omega does and touches. I know we were a bit, last week's segment, that what we went into that, like it was just, it was promoted the wrong way. They said that they were going to have this huge announcement. If they didn't put so much pressure on it, we wouldn't be there like, uh, what was the point? It was just repetition of what he said on Impact. But now I'm, you know, that's, I, I think they, 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 they're aware of that sort of stuff.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Um, but should we see what the, the Ultra Chats think? Let's see on the subject of Kenny Omega. Get in all of your Ultra Chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We will answer every single one of them before the end of the show. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. Firstly, great work with the news this morning, Mr. Davis. Secondly, I'm slightly hungover still from the Beer 52s last night. Great show as always. Probably for Quizzlemania there. Finally, on wrestling. Why a Dark Order being buried recently? Finally, yes, Kenny is the best. I don't know if the Dark Order are just being buried. I just think that they are, as a character, as a group, are losing their way without Brody Lee, who is at, at the moment recovering from an injury. I guess that's uh, the story they're telling. Yeah, and I mean, their whole gimmick is that they they don't win. That's why they're in the Dark Order. 
Um, mm. But I, I don't think that, yeah, they're not being buried at all. Buried is a buried. You'll know when someone's buried. Uh, Christopher mm. Jazzcat. Okay. He's, he's, he's written here, crap take. Much like with Pentagon several weeks ago, this was not Omega at his absolute, absolute best. His characters are incredible, but I want to see the Omega who took the world by storm and broke the Melter scale. Hopefully Omega versus Phoenix will deliver. Okay, Jessica. Right. So we didn't actually go into this match with Joey Janela. He cannot be having a five star, four, even four star and above match with Joey Janela on this episode of Dynamite. The whole point of this episode is to have Kenny come out and destroy Joey Janela. Joey Janela is not on the same kayfabe level anywhere near him. If anything, Omega gave him too much when Joey Janela reversed a one-winged angel into a reverse Rana, put him through a table on the outside. I think that was very generous of Kenny, and I'm glad he did it. But there is no way that Omega should be pulling out those style of matches because, it's again, it's hot shot booking. You choose... The points you put on the super super match. That's exactly it. Yeah, you, like, Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega. Does, at, at this point, doesn't need to be a five star classic. Doesn't need to be. Excuse me. It doesn't need to be breaking the Meltzer scale because it's it's not about that at the moment. It's about establishing this character and then because if if Kenny Omega had six star matches every week, they wouldn't feel special anymore. Look at the G one. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> So you have to have matches like this. And I and, and I think that's great. And I love that. And I really, really enjoyed this match for that. And like, I thought, you know, Kenny going hell for leather on his buddy Rise of the Terminator thing was, you know, absolutely nuts at times. And like, you know, taking the spot, the, the table spot from uh, Janela, this that, and the other. I, but it was, it was about putting doubters to rest, which I love because I don't think there were any doubters. Mm -hmm. Those were doubters that had been created in the mind of Kenny Omega and Don Callis. Sh Shannon R. Smith wishing Kenny would get old club members versus the current club. There's your blood and guts match. Oh man, I wish AJ had gone. Like, I, I, it, look, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna retract that. I'm glad that AJ has got an amazing contract with WWE. I'm glad that he is getting un untold amount of money. Uh, Matt Jackson revealed that you know the plan was originally for the first episode of Dynamite, it was going to be the Good Brothers and AJ were going to debut at the end of that show. It was also going to be in Madison Square Garden. That was the original plan. And that was your ending angle was AJ and the Good Brothers debuting. What we got was Jake Hager, which is you know is probably a bit of a step down. But in the end, AJ and the Good Brothers both got offered contracts from WWE that were so much bigger than what they would have been had it not been for AEW. And what the way Matt Jackson tells it is that uh, that AJ texted him and said, I would never have got this contract without you guys. So thank you. So I'm super happy that AJ has got that contract. I'm super happy that he's getting the main event run. I think he's great. Bloody love AJ Styles. But all I do wish, oh, in, <laughs> in my selfish fandom, I do sort of wish he hadn't have taken the money so he could have been hanging out with this lot. Definitely. I agree, of course. Uh, but at the same time, I don't, I don't want to see a Bullet Club in AEW. I don't. I I think what Kenny's doing right now, you know, is good. He, he's he's gone back to one character. Any more so, you would risk turning it into some kind of rehash. 
and I, you know, I, that's not the sort of creative that Kenny is. I imagine he wants to keep moving forward, sometimes to, to his own detriment. Nate S. For me, yes, Kenny is the best thing in all of wrestling, mainly because of all the exciting possibilities with working and impact. I'm trying not to get my hopes up, but it's hard with all the teases getting thrown out like Tamatonga on Twitter. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Jay White was doing it mm. as well, you know, posting all, all the leaders of the Bullet Club. So, yeah, I mean, everyone's getting involved in this, which I think is what it's exciting, isn't it? Because it's getting wrestling fans excited and, you know, trying to get your hopes up and, and get you sort of pumped for these sorts of things. Tyler Woodward, I enjoyed AEW last night. It's a shame WWE can't do the same with Raw. Don Callis is getting a little annoying. Oh. Kenny is the greatest wrestler at the moment, but Roman is the greatest character. Again, Kenny has got me... Uh, has got me excited for Impact. Merry Christmas again. Jam that jam. Uh, I, I didn't actually realise Kenny Omega, Don Callis, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman. I, I actually oh, yeah. I pick up on yeah, that uh, opposites of managers. But um, I, well, if Don Callis is getting annoying, I think that might be his job. Uh, I, I take it as heel annoying. Um, I, that's a shame if you take it as sort of go away heat annoying I, I imagine that's what you meant um but yeah i think roman kenny's a great act but character wise roman's got so many internal conflictions so i would agree roman is yeah. roman is the better character uh yeah i mean i think there's a lot of great stuff within this character of kenny but it's so early days that you can't say like there's absolutely no way you can say he's a better character than roman is at the moment because there's so much depth to that reigns character that is just fascinating to watch mm -hmm. like go back and watch that hell in the cell match with jay uso it is like it's captivating stuff yeah. man uh aaron good brothers should be on dynamite with kenny i think i think we'll see that you know i don't know january february monty granito i rejoined wrestling with AEW, so i missed new japan kenny i only know nice guy aew omega this is so much better he's a great actor he transcends promos he is different characters uh, oh yeah. yeah yeah i did he, he's so much better not that the the board omega was no it was it was ineffective is what it was but getting him over wasn't the goal there uh mm -hmm. shark attack 856 hope on a snow to home home on a snow day today mm. snow day never got, never got snow days it never snowed in reading when i was a kid we get to watch live. Do you think the way Omega gets to wrestle Page again will be through the eliminated tournament matches he's having? We could see matches with Colt, Wardlow, and Jungle Boy to elongate the story. Thoughts? No, because I, I just these two, because these are the two anomalies from that tournament. People like Colt, Wardlow, Jungle Boy, and Page were all eliminated from the tournament. They were all beaten within the tournament. Uh, Joey and Phoenix weren't because Joey was uh, he was in contact with someone with COVID. And as you said, Phoenix got injured. So that's why we're sort of like, you know, that's how we are putting a bow on that tournament. Uh, Jobber JJ496, last one for now. Hello, Mr. Davis and Luke. Omega and Don Callis are fantastic. Love Don and Tony Schiavone. Tony saying Omega boosted TNA viewers from one to six was hilarious. <laughs> he put over me and my friends. Uh, AEW received a fact checker letter from Tempest. Oh, probably on the One Winged Angel thing. Uh, Abushi versus Omega. Yes, please. Now, Jabba JJ, thank you very much for your birthday message that you sent me as part of Dan's video. That was very, very lovely. It's one of the most touching things I've seen all year. It was genuinely so, so lovely. And it made me cry a little bit. 
But I was the one that brought up the fact that uh, Abushi had kicked out because producer Rich told me last week and I wanted to be the one that looked smart. So I said it before Tempest did. The full play-by-play review of AEW, which started off with Hangman Page and John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order versus Matt Hardy and the Private Party. This was fun. Dude, Reynolds and Silver coming out dressed as Hangman Page proper made me laugh. They looked like they were having so much fun. And do you know, I, I, oh man, like Silver and Page, like Silver and Reynolds are really good in this role. Silver in particular is fantastic in this role. But it's made so much better because of Paige's selling of it all. Like Paige's yeah. selling of these two goofy goofballs, these goofy goobers is so what because he's he's amused by it. He's not joining the Dark Order, but he is amused by these lads. Like him, like uh, Silver jumping up onto his back in celebration, and him dropping him down onto uh, one of the members of Private Party. Like him, the way he looked at them when they came out with the neckerchiefs and the cowboy hats. It's so great. I'm I'm really enjoying their interactions. Yeah, this match was really that the whole show was just furthering storylines. Really, nothing huge happened. But here you had one on one side, which was the uh, I've written Bucks, Hangman Page, and Dark Order. Uh, they're sort of forming a team that they're getting on well together. Whereas on the opposite side of the ring, Matt Hardy is descending more into this heel character and pushing away private party. So yeah, it was, it was really, really nice storytelling. I thought John Silver got injured at one point when Matt gave him a twist of fate off of the apron. Thankfully, Oof, yeah. he's okay. I immediately held his knee, but it was Alex Reynolds who had gin and juice hit on him. And then Matt tagged himself in to steal a pin really for his team. Yeah, his, his, his new thing is like truther than truth or something. Like it's, do you know what I'm going to give Matt Hardy credit for? He looked at the, he, he read the room and it wasn't working. So he's like, cool, won't do that then. I'm going to try something new. That, yeah. You know, that, that is to be commended because there are certain wrestlers who will just beat things into the ground to be like, no, this will get over because I'm, I'm invested in this and I want everyone else to be. Hmm. But Matt looked at him and was like, that's nah, not working. Let's try something else. And, you know, maybe this one will work. Where do you think where do you think Paige and the Dark Order are gonna go here? I don't know. Because I don't think that Paige is gonna join the Dark Order. So I, I but I, I I for me, I think this builds to Paige Brody Leah revolution. With Silver and Reynolds kind of caught in the middle. Who are they friends Ooh. with? Are they more friends with Paige or are they more friends with Lee? Yeah. And maybe Lee's like, look, either he joins or you can't hang out with them anymore. <gasps> quite heartbreaking another friendship ruin for page uh then we got mjf celebrating with this little plaque that the new york times had awarded him for the best well the the dinner debonair segment and chris jericho was visibly annoyed even though he didn't say it that he didn't get the award i loved mjf's like so yeah because like jericho was like no i was a part of that segment you know it should really be a co-thing and mjf at at the same time was saying you're right, Jericho. And at the same time, we're saying, you're also wrong, Jericho. I won this on my own. (laughs) (laughs) This is good. Uh, Then we got a little uh, video playing of the roads decorating their Christmas tree, and they get a delivery on their door. They open up the little box. Hey, hey, 
It's a, it's some baby shoes. They're having a baby, and Pharaoh is a guard dog for the baby. You love to see it. Congratulations to Cody and Brandy. Fantastic news. Lockdown's boring for wrestlers. <laughs> wrestlers, they're, they're used to moving around a lot. They've got a lot of pent-up energy, I think, in lockdown, and they're yeah, churning they're out the children. There was a lot of stories that we're going to see a massive like, birth spike in sort of March, April time. Uh, so I don't know what that means for Brandy, though. Of course, Brandy has been a part of this Jade Cargill Shaq feud. Uh, I, I, it's not the worst thing in the world, I, I think, if she gets removed from that, because uh, you can't get physical now. Sure. No, absolutely not. No. And it's a shame that we'll never get to see Brandy versus Shaq, which is, you know, it's the match that you didn't <laughs> think you wanted. <laughs> Uh, Cody was billed as the future father here when he came out. Brandy came out with him. It was very, it was very, very lovely. It just felt so, it just felt nice. Yeah. It just felt it is. nice. And also, I'm not artificial. No, no, absolutely not. No. And like, you know, the crowd were like super, you know, they had the video package beforehand. So the crowd were like really happy to hear this news and was so probably they would get lots of Cody chance before he'd even made his entrance. So that, it, it totally worked. I love Angelico's new gimmick though. This whole like this submission specialist thing, it would be great if he actually, but he's probably won like 20 million matches on Dark that I've not seen with, with his submissions. It'd be good if that happened on Dynamite. But I do like this new thing, you know, they're putting over his pedigree of the sort of the, the submission specialist. And there's a moment when he was actually on his back and he was goading Cody into getting into sort of like a grappling game with him because he knew that he would win and that was his game. Like, I think with some fine tuning, you could push Angelico as AEW's version of Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great comparison. Because there's a moment when he had one of the submissions on him that Cody could only get to the ropes by using his mouth. Like, he mm. had to, like, bite down onto the ropes to break the hold. There's some really cool stuff you could do with Angelico in this role. Because I think Angelico's got incredibly... <laughs> he's got a lot of untapped potential uh, in... Untapped, I was trying to say that word right. Untapped potential in AEW. Yeah, and it was... As always with Cody, he did a great job of showcasing the other guy. Uh, I read this in the Cage Side Seats review of the episode, though, and I can't unsee it now. Cody's leg was worked over for a good portion of the match. How does the match end? Hop, hop, hop up to the top rope. Way cutter. So I was like, ah, yeah, they probably probably shouldn't have done that if your leg mm. was really taken out. Uh, but yeah, cutter off the top rope, different kind of victory for Cody. And then out come Team Taz, who I know they've, so they've got four people now because, uh, oh, God, what's Taz's oh. hook? Hook's joined them as well. But they just looked bigger. I <laughs> Maybe it was the way they were standing. I thought, is this the end game? It's just Team Taz going to recruit 50 people and the Nightmare family are going to recruit 50 people and we're going to have a 100-man match. <laughs> Could have been. Who knows? Um, but yeah, they came out and started calling, you know, like uh, mocking Cody for becoming a daddy. And, you know, Ricky Starks was like, where was our you know, praise when we were became your daddies a couple of weeks ago? They kept calling Darby Turtle Boy as well, which is mm -hmm. you know, a popular meme on, on people saying this, that he's the grown up version of that. Let's go out. Here comes Sting. Ho I like Hobbs not being scared of Sting and wanting to get into a fight with him and Brian Cage and Starks sort of like pulling him back. But I would say you need to keep Sting special. Don't advertise, hey, Sting's going to be on this show. And then this is your Sting appearance. Because it's now three weeks we've had of Sting. One, obviously, the first week was the surprise. 
sorry, my wife's watching something and it's, it sounds like she's watching Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I swear I can hear Nightmare Before Christmas. Anyway, um, you had Sting debut. Then last week, you're like, Sting's going to cut a promo. So Sting then cut that promo. Then you're like, Sting's going to be on the show tonight. And it's just Sting coming out and pointing a bat at someone. The more you do that, the less special it becomes, the less people tune in for it. So that I, that'd be my just sort of like pump the brakes a little bit on, on your use of Sting. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, uh, but he stared at Cody and Derby. So nothing new. Yeah, probably could have not had it at all. Yeah. Uh, backstage, we had Miro talking to Alex Marvez. And I actually thought this was one of the better things Miro's done. He, he seems like a bit renewed as a character, a bit reinvigorated. He's been fined $75,000 for beating up three officials last week. And he said, it's not about the money. It's about the likes and subscribes. I just thought, yes, a man after my own heart. Uh, and Marvez, Marvez was pretty good here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, also, while you're here, please do give us a subscribe if you haven't already and uh, click that thumbs up. Let's have a thumbs up party, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I thought Miro was great. I really enjoyed Marvez here. And he announced that he's going to be on Dark next week and he's going to be on Dynamite next week to announce the wedding date for Kip and uh, Penelope Ford. And then at the end of this, Marvez was like, but what about Christmas? And Rusev, Miro points out that it's actually it's his birthday and his birthday is on Christmas Day. So it's like, it's actually about my birthday. But what about Christmas? And he just shouts it in bar humbug. And it really, it proper tickled me. Yeah, this was good. Uh, later on, best friends said they're going to be there for this wedding announcement. Long time coming. I hope they've got something good. Uh, then we got an Eddie Kingston promo where, you know, he he literally entered God tier. He cut a promo <laughs> on God, said all the people that hate me right now. And he pointed up at the sky. Uh, yeah, he's feuding with a lot of folks. Lance Archer, Pentagon, Phoenix and Pack all came down. Of course, this is Pentagon's return from injury uh, two weeks ago. And they all get in a brawl with the family. The family run off and Lance is staring a hole in the back of Pac's head. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, you got Kingston coming out and kind of this promo. Loved him calling Archer the big goofy bastard, which really made me chuckle. And then Archer comes down to like beat him up, right? So then the family jump in, Butcher and Blade all jump in, start beating him down. Then Death Triangle get in the ring and have the stare off. And everyone brawls. And it's just, it's just Kingston and Archer left in the ring. And Archer's about to chokeslam him. And the bastard pack just walks in and boots Kingston in the face. Mm. And Archer's still got his hand out. Like, is it <laughs> Kingston's still there? And he just looks at Pac's being like, what? You did <laughs> but Pac is just like staring at a hole in Kingston being like, that's what I'm doing. And I was like, I mean, okay. This is what we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this. I, I, I really love this. I thought Archer did some really good subtle selling of all of this. And yeah, bloody love Pac, man. He's great. Yeah, something's going to combust between all of them, I, I feel, soon. Uh, then we got a promo from Dustin Rhodes saying he's going to kick the Dark Order's ass next week because he's facing Evil Uno. Then we got a 12-man tag, not the 7-man, 14-man uh, tag, I guess it would have been, because Wardlow was pulled for personal reasons. And you've got to imagine yeah. that's something pretty severe because that guy does not miss work. He did an interview recently that I read where he said, no, I." and it seemed legit, it wasn't kayfaber, it was like, no, I, I legit don't have friends, so I can focus everything on training and my and my job. Crikey. Yeah. So personal yeah, reasons. I, hope the guy's okay. I but we totally... got him and Brandon Cutler were sort of removed to even the odds. And we got a, a an inner circle 
match with MJF joining the inner circle there. Yeah, I don't think this one. I've seen a few people say that there's something to be read in the fact that Brandon Cutler was the man that was taken out of this match. <clears> he, was, he was one of the people that sort of agreed with what. Uh, oh no, he was. I mean, he was like very vocal against you know Jim Ross and and this and the other, and was like making fun of it. I don't think there's anything to be read in that. It's just that you just kept all the other tag teams in there. So because it was Varsity Blondes, Top Flight, and um, Best Friends, so it made sense for for Brandon to be taken out of this match. Uh, and Santana's back as well. Uh, within mm. a circle so we, we got very close to having a full inner circle group here but uh, i really enjoyed all the pillman jericho stuff really i thought i was jericho you know you we've seen this throughout his AEW run just finds people that he wants to work with so, you know, he he looked at orange cast and was like i want to work with him the brian pillman jr is like i want to work with him and now it's top flight and it's just like i want to work with these guys i want to like you know impart some of my 30-year knowledge onto this younger talent to help them improve yeah, yeah, because uh, that start-off moment was really nice. It was Chris Jericho who got Pillman Jr. a job in AEW, essentially. He was in MLW before then. But yet this match was really built around top flight. You got a 12-person tag there, you know, with all of, well, the bulk of the inner circle. And the focus is top flight here. Uh, and Melcher has been saying for weeks, they're amazing. They're amazing in the ring. They're far beyond anyone I've ever seen at this age, because they're 19 or whatever. Just get them into promo class as well. I don't know if they can cut promos, but they need to be getting those reps in as well, because then they'll be the total package. And would you believe it, later on, they get a promo. They're pretty decent. Yeah, they're all right, aren't they? Pretty good. Yeah. And they're getting, they sort of challenged Jericho and MJF for a match next week, so that's big. But yeah, this this was, uh, you know, it was a decent match. Um, the the quality the in ring quality of dynamite is so good that a decent match is still very enjoyable. I, I don't want it to sound like I'm negging it by saying it was only decent. It was really watchable. <laughs> Ollie shoots Mr. Davis shoots on AEW, uh, but the finish was cool. Jericho used the bat on Griff Garrison. Hager hit Wardlow's finisher, which mm -hmm. I took more as a sign of respect as opposed to their weird stare off thing Ooh. they've got. Okay, that's interesting because that's what commentary said as well. But I thought it was more of a diss mm. to be like, I can hit this move just as well as you can. It could it could be either way. It could be either uh, way. And then Hager just tags in MJF because he was asking for it. MJF gets in, gets a free pin, doesn't do yeah. anything. So it was really nice to see the inner circle working as a really coherent heel unit. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, it was a 12 man tags, a lot of bodies getting in there, but they did a lot of story within this. Uh, yeah, big, big fan of this. Um, also enjoyed like the best friends, Santana Ortiz stare down because I have missed Santana. And I, you know, I actually, I've actually really missed Santana and Ortiz wrestling. So it was nice to see that again. I, I there's so, so many tag teams in AEW. I really hope we can get some good stuff out of Santana and Ortiz in 2021. That's, mm -hmm. that's one of my big hopes for the year. I'm just going to draw everyone's attention to this message from the wonderful mod mother, Jenna. Uh, be nice to each other, folks. Stop on, being guys. dicks in the comments. Everyone respect each other's opinions. You can say something's good without criticizing the other. Uh, Thunder Rosa, but WWE is rubbish. Thunder Rosa. <laughs> and I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Thunder Rosa then cut a promo backstage on Britt Baker. Just awesome, fiery promo. But then Reba and Britt jumped her, and in quite a nice visual, poured water over her face paint and tried to smudge it off. 
Yeah, do you know what? Actually, Rose was a really good promo. Like, mm. she's got a lot of fire behind her. And uh, Britt Baker's a great Mean Girls character, being like, oh, we need to make sure the camera's working because Thunder Rosa was looking at it. <laughs> and she's so ugly that she might have broken that camera. It's, it's you know, wonderful Mean Girls terribleness. After that, we had SCU versus The Acclaimed, which again was more about getting over The Acclaimed than anything for SCU. I just, uh, you know, it's, again, a decent match. The, the, the so the tag division since the young since Kenny and Paige lost the belts, mm -hmm. I I can only speculate as to what how AEW books their segments, but it seems like you it's quite clear with the executive vice presidents right who's got the most influence. Mm -hmm. Cody's segments are of a particular tone. Uh, when Kenny's involved, it's a particular tone. When the Bucks are involved, it's a particular tone. I thought it was the Bucks and Kenny through the majority of 2020, but maybe it was majority Kenny treating that tag division. Because as soon as he steps aside into the singles bit in August, that's when we start getting the weird tombola to set up matches. We effectively had a rap battle here, which was entertaining. It was sports entertaining, but it's not like... It's not super to my tastes. And I said in my review earlier, variety is good. Um, but yeah, this this feels like the sort of attitude era stuff that I, I don't necessarily, doesn't vibe with me. I think I think that's fair. I, I didn't pick up on that, but I, I think that's a completely fair assessment of this. Because I, I thought the acclaimed sounded really good when they did their rap. I thought it was funny that like Kaz, definitely not as good as a rapper, but his was way funnier. Mm. Um, but I, I thought they did the, the match did a good job of putting over the acclaim talking about how they've won their last seven matches, getting over the boom box as the illegal weapon. You know, they really put over the they pinned Christopher Daniels. What an upset that, that is. And then afterwards, they challenged the Bucks to a, a title match next <laughs> week. But yeah, like I agree with you, I can feel like that's the, the young Bucks haven't got sort of a feud at the moment. You know, I think I think like Kenny doesn't have a feud either, but he almost doesn't need to have one because it's all about establishing this new character before you then move. You know, we haven't heard hide or hair from Moxley and you know since he lost the title, so there's always that bubbling in the background. But yeah, the Bucks don't feel like they have a sort of a direction at the moment, which I find interesting. I'm, I'm curious mm -hmm. to see what they come into with you know, but maybe there is just because we're winding down for the year. Come January, that's when we're sort of like be like, and here's your storyline for the next year. Yeah, maybe. Uh, after that, we, we got a story for the women's division, though. We got Ivelisse and Diamante versus Big Swole and Serena Deeb. They had, a again, a decent match um, and all the usual women's stuff in the, the same the same slot of the show with the same sort of ad break, but it is what it is, isn't it? Uh, and after the match, which Big Swole won, making Diamante tap, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero ran down. Vicky Guerrero... She, it, she just shouldn't get physical, I don't think. <laughs> no. It, it, yeah, these were not good. This was not good stuff. Little kicks. Oh, man, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's good because she's a heel manager. I don't know. I didn't just, just don't do it. Yeah, just don't do it. And Red Velvet ran down and chased them off with a chair. So that's a, that's a story. I don't, I don't really know what they're fighting over. It just feels like people are fighting unless I miss something. Well, they did say on commentary that um, Big Swell is currently the number one ranked uh, in the women's division. So she could kind she could either go after Sheeta or she could go after Serena Deeb. 
And with them on the same team, maybe they were putting over something along those lines that is actually going to be swallowed deep is the, the direction we're going to head for that. Um, and they were, you know, putting over big swallow, being like, you know, she's been working with Dean Malenko. She's now got this new finish, uh, the clear water clover leaf. It's a lovely little tribute to, to Dean. Mm. So maybe there's something in all of that, or I could just be reaching. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the Rose Guerrero stuff just feels like it's thrown in, uh, was meant to be, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But at least, at least it's better than where we were a month ago with the women's division. Exactly. And I think now that Brandy is pregnant, they're going to have to change course on this mm. whole Jade Cargill thing and work out where, you know, what the new direction of this feud is because they can't have Brandy get physical anymore. Uh, after that, we got best friends saying they'll be at the wedding segment next week. And FTR, in a re- I thought this was really cool because everything was done like AEW was just transitioning to the next segment. They were still playing the transition music. But FTR have just stolen a headset and are yelling at people. Uh, yelling at yeah. the commentary desk and it was like the sound was really distorted and they're just talking about jurassic express and how they're presumably gonna interfere in their match next week yeah essentially what they were playing this video package for jurassic express because as ollie said they've got a match next week and it was a really cool video package because it was putting over this team as you know it's one of the awesome acts of aew and then all of a sudden you've got ftr shouting being like look we do not like what aew is becoming we are tag team wrestling. This is our passion. This is what I do to put food on the table. Tag team wrestling is my, is our passion. And you're, this company, this company is putting over a guy that dresses like a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And like, it was, it is, it's a, it's, you know, we've been talking about this on, on a lot of shows, you know, when it comes to FTR, but it's, they have got tag team ideals and Jurassic Express are not part of those ideals because one of them's a dinosaur. So, <laughs> I think that would be a really fun feud, actually, because I'm I'm quite excited to see like you know Dax and Cash get in there with Luchasaurus. I think that'd be really cool, and Jungle Boy as well. I think there's some mm. really good stuff to come out of that. Yeah. Uh, so and then it was the it was the main event that we've already covered with Kenny versus Joey Janela. So overall, yeah, this was just a this was this is an average episode of AEW, but in in no way is that a, a condemnation of it. Uh, same with you. Yep, same with me. I thought it was a really, really good show. Uh, it's just, you know, solid AEW stuff. And sometimes that's okay. That, that's what we need. And, uh, you know, a lot of the time it's just reliable. You know, spoilers for the, if you read the Rest Talk magazine, I did vote for Dynamite as my favorite wrestling show of the of the year. Because, no. well, every time every time I sit down on a Thursday to watch, I'm like, I'm going to get two good hours of television here. I'm, I'm And I'm comfortable with it. It's lovely. Uh, the poll was also a good 53%. I uh, gave it a good with 30%. Mm. It was excellent. Good, poor and terrible, very low, not even above 10% for either of those. So yeah, people were in agreement with you and I. Yes. Uh, before we get on with our Ultra Chat reading, remember, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get your Ultra Chats in there and we will read out every single one of them. Let's say a big thank you to our $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. Once I've found the shout outs on the 17th. Here we go. Let's have a, let's get the cheap pops going. Let's have a drink. Chris Merryman. Yes, indeed. Angelic Angelo Mercado. Thank you. The Pharaoh, Stephen Mazzaferro. 
Oh, like the dog. Uh, manipulating Manny Umaria. Thank you very much. Duncan. Just Duncan. Just Duncan. This is some kind of Patreon shout-out. Nate dropped surname. Woo! Jonathan the Headmaster Headman. Cheap up. The master, the master of the images at the moment, the Headman. Uh, Pete Fiber Bronitas. Butter mm. me up. Sora Nod. Butter me up indeed. Ari and Shafir, the Boozer Waits. Thank you. B A N A N A S. Hannah Bananas. Again, you always go fabulous. I always think of Gwen Stefani. Yeah, that's B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Carmela has has overwritten my mind. And lastly for now, probably better than Kyle, Philip O'Reilly. Thank Big you claim. very much. If you need a, a present for someone or for yourself this Christmas, why not become a Patreon for WrestleTalk? Be a pledgehammer. Because when's uh, Vengeance 2001 going live? Uh, Monday. Mm. So me and, review Luke, let me and yeah, Luke sorry, review Luke review. I know you were setting me up there, but I, I, I should do it. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> we reviewed Vengeance 2001 as our Patreon podcast. A lot of fun to dive into. It was the night where Chris Jericho beat The Rock and Steve Austin on the same night. Spoilers for the main events. Uh, they crowned the first ever Undisputed Champion. But also, how could you possibly forget Kane and the Big Show versus the Dudley Boys and Trish Stratus versus Jacqueline? Great Undertaker Rob Van Dam match, though. That is the best thing on the show by yeah. leaps and bounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I fall down a bit of a rabbit hole trying to Google how old everyone is at the time of that show. So that's I, fun. And I also I get obsessed with URLs. That's what I thought you were going to say. You did fall down a rabbit hole as well of looking at all the individual URLs because, kids, there was a time when URLs were cool. And every wrestler had their own individual URL. If you wanted to find out everything about The Rock, you would go to www.therock.com for his official website. It's before Tout. Imagine a world without Tout. Before Tout. <laughs> Uh, so let's get on with these uh, remaining Ultra Chats. Last call for the Ultra Chats. Gavin, Kenny is the best thing in wrestling, but his work now would it be possible if it wasn't informed by the year he had had prior. He's not the cleaner he was in Japan, but instead a more traditional Western heel while still borrowing elements from the cleaner. That, that's the interesting thing about this is because we've said it on this show. It, it should This should have been the Kenny from the start. And, you know, the, the Kenny, I'm a bit bored, I'm not as good as I once was, wasn't the best character. But we, yeah, but like Gavin says, we did need that in order to get to this point in a way, sort of. Like, I, I can see that argument. I really can. Yeah, I see the, I'm familiar with the argument. I think you you should out, at that point in the in the promotions TV launch, you prioritize everything. You come out all guns are blazing. You don't save one of your best things for a year's time when you should be yeah. doing that right away. Uh, huge anus. Best thing in wrestling. Come on, guys. Lana is gone for two days and we forget about the true art of storytelling with her. Proper AW bias. Yeah, sorry. Forget about Lana. Genetic ghost. It seems like Kenny is replacing Matt and Nick with the Good Brothers all oh. because they didn't want to turn heel with him. Oh. It's a great story, but it's breaking my heart. I hope there is a six-man tag. Mox and the Bucks 
versus Kenny and the Good Brothers. You've got the wrong person in there. Surely it's Hangman Page and the Bucks. Exactly. The Bucks have got to go back to Hangman Page, the man that they kicked out of the elite. Uh, Reese Johnson, afternoon lads. AEW was like a palate cleanser, ready for the main course now over the next few weeks. NXT worth watching this week too. Dan O'Reilly match, of course, the number one contenders was very good. He's coming for you, Oliver. You mean Mr. Davis? Only three days until everything. Here's Fake Adore. Whatever. We'll soon you see when we come to TLC this Sunday. Very excited for that. Dynamic Penguin, one of AEW's biggest strengths right now, is keeping everyone relevant even if they're not wrestling every week. There was over a dozen people involved in this show who didn't. Team Taz especially feels really important without having matches every week. Yeah, them cutting promos every week is a really, it's a, it's a good way of keeping them relevant. I do love Team Taz. I do, I do feel like they're getting in the yuck, yuck, yuck mold though. They, they should win some stuff and win some titles soonish. Maytess, congrats on becoming an uncle. Did Cody... Oh, yeah, because Cody's my brother. Did Cody tell you ahead of time, or did you find out like everyone else? I, I found out like all of you guys, man. Oh, uh, back, Cody. Can't wait for Ray versus Kenny. That is going to be a banger. Merry Christmas, guys. I'm excited for the Christmas pod to drop. Oh, it's a messy show. It's uh, it's three hours and it's messy. <sighs> Bacon Rasher, hi again, lads. I get Dark Order not being buried, but after Dustin and Matt Hardy, I'm a bit down. Kenny gives me Stone Cold Glass Shatter vibes. Also, I think Luke got the bit about Mr. Davis doing the news this morning at 1pm. I'm not sure Mr. Davis did. So because you end off Quizzlemania saying, I've got to do the news in the morning, but the news doesn't actually go out until 1pm. Oh yeah, Bacon Rasher, you're right. That is, that's a live feed you're watching right there. That's not something I've I've started writing and making six hours beforehand. Magnus, Paige does not want to admit it, but it seems like he is having fun with the Dark Order and on being the Elite and Dynamite, he has had fun with them while being sober. Yeah, he. Um, if you haven't seen Being the Elite, he had a heck of a lot of fun hanging out with the Dark Order, but the Dark Order forgot to ask him to join the group. This is a great uh, ultra chat from Jonathan Hedman here, pointing out what seems to be an annual tradition. So what do you think was worse? Vicky's kicks or the Dark Order's punches on Dustin last year? LOL. Vicky's kicks. 100% Vicky's kicks. Dustin's not going to be cutting a promo on her, though, is he? Fake Fake sport feel. I think it's pretty likely that Kenny maybe needed a break after the grueling pace of 2016 to 18. I get wanting to keep him at the very top level, but it probably wasn't sustainable for him. I love that he's being pushed now, though. He had yeah. eight months off before the start of AW. Let's remember. So, like, it wasn't like he went straight from New Japan into Weekly Dynamite. There was nine, eight, nine months there. I know you're launching a promotion, but again, I. I have no idea how more successful AEW would be if we had this version of the cleaner when Dynamite launched, but I would bet it would be more so. Uh, AEW chats, this one's actually from last week from Charles. Uh, it says, you do realize the whole Lance Arch thing is because uh, Pac is back overseas and they need someone to help fill in uh, with Death Triangle. I mean, Pac was here, so unfortunately that, that chat might have worked last week, but it turns out, and also this was a taped show, uh, and Pac was there. Um, Hugh Janus, um, favorite act of the year, personally has been Team Taz. Really think they should receive, a be- I think Taz should receive best non-wrestling personality of the year. Some of the best parts of Dynamite feature him, Team FTW. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. I think Tony Schiavone is the one for me, though. Uh, Raffman, hi, Luke and Ollie. How do you think AEW is doing financially? They've spent a hell of a lot of money this past year. Do you think they've started to turn a profit yet? It's a private company, unlike WWE, so we don't get to know the finances. You're great, but we do know that they have. They were being they were against all odds, like TNA, it's pay-per-view. They turned a profit this year because they got a huge money deal from TNT because TNT was so impressed with the numbers that Dynamite got in, you know, with its, in its first few months. They were like, we're renewing this until 2024, I think. And they got a huge, huge money increase off of that. And Tony Khan was like, man, I didn't have this company pegged to get, be profitable until year four or five. Profitable within year one. Absolutely incredible scenes. Uh, FH, if AEW introduced trio titles at the start of January, who would you want to see be the inaugural champs? By the way, love the show. Once again, listening from my office alone feels wrong, but right. I'm going to pick Jurassic Express because it will anger FTR even more. <laughs> but who would FTR team with? I think, you know, Team Taz really should win something, but also Death Triangle. It's got to be Death Triangle, surely. The star power should always be pentagon christopher jazzcat ollie you and i are more alike than you know i used to watch the same stuff in roh with steen kill steen kill and with punk in wwe i actually stopped watching wwe after punk left i am nothing and, like you jazzcat and he adds and i love the g1 exactly because it's five star matches night out of night it's my favorite time of the year don Callis is great loves him as cyrus in ecw he's such a dick <laughs> oh, he's such, he such a great dick in ecw with cyrus the virus um, in fact, actually, a friend of mine, um, he's got, actually getting back into wrestling again. We were talking about this the other night. He said, I haven't watched wrestling like all year. And the speaking out stuff like really like bummed him out. Um, but he's like, I'm actually starting to get back into wrestling again because of Kenny Omega and the partnership with Callus. And he's just, and he's actually, you know, it's nice to feel excited about it again. But whenever mm -hmm. we text each other, we still call him Cyrus. <laughs> Uh, Miguel Ortiz, uh, been loving the uh, Petty Tonys showing up on Impact past uh, past couple of weeks. What do you think of them, the Petty Tonys? I, I called them Two Tone, uh, my favorite tag team. Yeah, I I, look, I I get a kick out of it. I do not want to see Tony Khan as a. I I already think like just because I've been burnt so much in the past with the the owners becoming on screen characters. So and he did I'm, say that he didn't want to do it. I'm enjoying it, but his name's being thrown around a lot at the moment. He's He was on screen. It was like his first on-screen thing, those funny adverts. And they were funny, but, you know, funny in like a tongue-in-cheek way. So I just, I've, I've just been, I've got so much, I've been burnt so many times before. I, I don't, I don't want him to, to be a character. <laughs> Do you want me to take these out? Uh, I'll yeah, finish yeah. them off. Uh, uh, Luther Nass, good morning from the colonies, gents. Last night I donated for the first time on Quizlemania, but I've been following y'all for way longer. Thank you for being such a light in this dark year. Hope my wisdom teeth heal soon. Hashtag yes, please. Hashtag jam that jam. Yeah, he had his, or they rather, had their uh, wisdom teeth taken out. <sighs> Sucks. Uh, Zachary Jenkins, Mr. Davis, are your legs okay from that split in the review today? I'm a former athlete and can give you some techniques on static stretching. I didn't need any uh, techniques or tips. I'm legit doing a split stretching class every Saturday morning. Are you really? Yeah, Anna wants to do it. <laughs> <laughs> How's that working out for you? Well, you I'm, definitely, I'm definitely bendier. But yeah? that's a relative term. 
Okay, well, we'll talk about this after the show because this is news to me. You kept that quiet. James Handley. Uh, <laughs> what's like six months? Have you really? Six? No way. Have you really? It was like an early lockdown thing. <gasps> no. Dude, I if you'd have given me a, a million guesses, I don't even think I'd have got to that point. <laughs> a circus thing. She works in the circus. Sounds weirder than it is. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm shook. Uh, James Handley said, watching you two on Thursdays as opposed to Tuesdays is such a contrast. It's like AEW NXT buy you a puppy every week <laughs> and then you get to watch Raw strangle that puppy on live TV. Yeah, we love wrestling. Uh, JJ, correction. AEW received a fact check letter from the other fact checker, Luke Cohen. Thanks, JJ. I'm uh, <laughs> glad you liked my birthday message. Oh, dude, it was so lovely. Like Dan put together, like it was Dan, it was Marcel Jura, it was JJ, it was Carol, it was SP3, Alex McCarthy, Sean Ross. Oh, it was just, oh, it was so lovely. Um, Carol Wands, uh, who was actually part of it. Uh, hello, boys. Congrats on Brandy and Cody and their announcement. Also, wishing luck to Ollie for another Cinemania win today. Our double champ until TAC, when until uh, TLC, and when everything will be fake or Love you both for making Quizomania so much fun last night. Hashtag yes, please. Hashtag get rowdy. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll plug Cinemania shortly. But thank you for your luck, Carol. I don't need it. Uh, Tyler Woodward, Jazz Cat again to argue with Ollie. Just remember, he's paying for your second panini maker. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for this past year. I've lost two stone in two months since I started Weight Watchers. Uh, Luke, any veggie meals worth trying? And Ollie, any panini ideas? Jam that jam. Oh, good, good veggie. Do you know what's great? A lentil dal. Uh, do a really like love lots of garlic lots of turmeric in there that is a beautiful thing to have on especially on like a cold winter's day that's great slap that next to a paneer curry the shoes <sighs> cookbook is is the one uh and then take all that and put it in a panini <laughs> that is the way to do it uh yeah but that's all of our super chats thank you so much hyper chats spit out that tea yeah there was something in the, right at the end of this cup of tea i knocked it back and i was like i, I could feel something in there so i don't know if it's a hair from <laughs> a tea bag but yeah you saw me on video spit it back in. <laughs> you just took this cup of tea it was like oh lovely oh no what's this and then little tiny spit back in oh yeah why well, yeah i think that's that's okay i'm in my house this isn't on. This isn't publicly viewed. Thanks for bringing it up. You're very welcome. Uh, right, we've got a submission in for League of Lockdown. Uh, this comes in from Austin Tussey, long-time email to the show. It says, hi, gents. I've decided to throw my hat into the uh, ring for the COVID night wars. This year has been full of ups and downs. I started off the year with a pretty bad bout of depression coming from living with my brother and his fiance at the time. I felt like a guest in what was supposed to be my own home. My remedy was to get a new dog, whose name is Roman. He's a big dog after all. That helped me quite a bit with my depression. The thing that finally kicked it was moving out and moving in with my best friend from high school. We used lots of COVID-related time at home to record some music together. We were in a band at high school, you see. We also took up a hobby of skateboarding. 
not being under the same roof as my brother improved our relationship and we're now really close and I was the best man at his wedding in September and as the icing on the cake early this year I became a mod at WrestleTalk the WrestleTalk staff have been a welcome inviting group to uh, to get to know also getting to watch the shows I've been a fan of for years and being a part of helping them has been very rewarding I hope you guys have a great Christmas I look forward to receiving my COVID-19 championship belt in the mail Austin Tussie yeah it's tough uh it's tough living with people isn't it you have to know them for a long time i've got this theory i was talking about it uh at the weekend actually that you stay friends with the people you went to school with or the people you went to uni with or the people you work with but if you move in with a group of people just randomly post uni I doubt you're going to create a long-lasting relationship because before any proper friendship is able to grow, you're already massively annoyed at them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had like one of my like my best friend from school, and we were like inseparable. We were hanging out all the time. We we lived together, and by within six months, I was like, I hate him, mm. and uh, I I cannot live with him anymore. He is driving me insane. What were the habits? What did he do? So he had a, he got a lot of takeaway pizzas. And when I say a lot, I would say like a, a nightly occurrence was getting uh, takeaway pizzas. Didn't cook a single thing. Um, but he wouldn't take the pizza boxes downstairs. He would just sort of keep them in his room and he was just stacking them on top of his wardrobe. So he just had like these stacks of... And then he would like have one day where he decides, well, I need to tidy up the, the room now. So he'd put them all into bin bags, but then wouldn't take the bin bags downstairs either. They would just go into the spare room. So the spare room just became what? just like bags upon bags upon bags of rubbish that i would then take out and put into the into the trash was was he what what was why was he so against the stairs was he a dalek <laughs> just that was what he did he was just like well i've done that pop that there for now i'll grab that i'll do that later but then the later never came i can see if that was his first place after living at home which it was i, I can empathize and this, this is going to happen to me when I go back to my parents for Christmas. Don't worry, it's all COVID safe. It's so logistically difficult, but it is. Uh, I'm going to be there for one day. And I tell you what's going to happen. When I get changed into my Jimmy Jams for nighttime, I'm just going to throw my pants onto the landing. <laughs> and my mum is going to pick those up and put them in the washing basket. How long you're only there? No, don't put them in the washing. Take them home. No, no. I want, I want mummy's fresh pants. <laughs> but yes, so Austin Tussie. Austin yeah. Tussie. Well, Austin, I, don't know, I don't know if this will help. He also uh, said that he has listened to 196 episodes of the Wrestle Talk podcast in 2020, which is 13,413 minutes. That is this There's year alone. Uh, I like how that is becoming. Uh, if if people are like, oh, I mean, I've I've had a really, just like, I'm a, I'm proud of what I've achieved in lockdown, but is it enough to impress Ollie? I'll also tell him how many minutes I listened to his podcast. Okay, so let's recap. Was depressed. Got a dog called Roman. Moved in with best friend from high school. Started recording music. That's good. You've ticked a few things there. That's that's interpersonal relationships with a dog and the brother. That's a living situation. You moved house. You've got uh, creativity down there, recording music, a hobby passion thing as well, being a, a WrestleTalk mod and being the best man for your brother. 
Strong. This is this is strong, but we have had a strong uh, thing that like a lot of submissions, and I've got to say, I cannot, in good conscience, put you above anyone who's had a child. <laughs> so, boom, you are currently in. So you're just behind Jack. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Points. Seventh place, man. I couldn't even crack the top five with all those accolades. Um, I don't know if this will change any of your rankings. Seventeen people are in the, the league of lockdown now. Seventeen. Um, I don't know if this will change. Seth Amphetamine is getting it, did get in touch just to say, I want to say I love everyone who's emailed for the COVID rankings, regardless of where I ranked. I hope everyone who listens to this stays happy and healthy. It's awesome to be part of such a huge family. Also, lethal lockdown could be another name for the COVID rankings. I don't know if I mean he's. He has emailed because he wants to recommend you the Christmas wrapping cover that the front bottoms did. But it also feels like he wants to be like, can I go into the first place now? Yes. Yeah. So Seth Amphetamine's currently in second place. He kicked an LSD habit, which we've confirmed is psychologically addictive, not actually chemically addictive. And, you know, sycophancy, sycophancy won't get you nowhere. Shall I bump him down? Oh, <laughs> He showed he has showed compassion. He can't go is can't it be high now. Is it compassion? The league of lockdown is hyper competitive. I see you for what you really are, Seth. <laughs> I'll keep you there for now, but you're on watch. Okay. Well, uh, James has got in touch. Uh, this may be the only one we get to do today. Uh, they said, here's my entry for the COVID rankings. The, uh, sorry for the length here. A lot has happened. Starting in October 2019, I experienced the start uh, of a change at the course of my life. There I was watching Monday Night Raw uh, when all the things my girlfriend at the time looked pretty angry, even though uh, through the Fiend story was built up towards Hell in a Cell, her, her look captivated more inherently. I then asked if she was okay. She proceeded to snap and revealed that she was leaving me, kicked <gasps> me out of our apartment, taking oh. our two-year-old dog, Johnny Cash, um, oh. with her to the new house uh, she's got down the shore. With no reason or explanation whatsoever. This, as you can you imagine, was a huge shock. Fortunately, I had to move back into my parents' old cold basement since my old bedroom was now their dog's room. Um, it was, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but I just had a mental picture of the dog sitting there with a pipe in your old room. Being like, well, this is my digs now. Yeah, it's where, like, you know, the, the penguin in the wrong trousers. Mm. <laughs> 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 changing the uh, the wallpaper and everything to pictures yeah. of bones. Uh, anyway, um, so that was a long winter leading into March 2020. After many months and just one day shy of lockdown, I did find a new apartment. It was located just beyond the wall of my close friends whom I spend every day with. Truly excited with relief and a fresh new start, uh, being neighbours with what I call family, COVID struck. My new roommate could not move in, both of my parents, and uh, got a severe case of COVID. I was not allowed to see them while they isolated themselves at their home just a few blocks away from me. At this time, my grandfather had a heart attack and was sent to the hospital where everyone in New Jersey called a death sentence, and they were correct. For about two weeks, we couldn't see or talk to him and were given very little info on his condition while chaos overwhelmed the hospitals. On his final day, we were able to say goodbye. Uh, he was able to say goodbye to his daughter, my mum, neither knowing that it would be the last time they spoke, but at least they had that uh, while being alone. After his passing, my aunt crossed the state, uh, across the state also passed away suddenly. Then only one month later, my second cousin committed suicide. Dreading the next day by day, I thought I would lose my parents while their condition worsened as well as my home since I couldn't find a roommate to fill the empty room to rent. 
I kept myself for the next few months, mostly at work uh, as a printing press operator at a local print shop, uh, printing out, cutting out hundreds upon hundreds of face shields for all the first responders to use during the pandemic. Luckily, after dealing with such de deeply depressing matters, my best friend for over a decade's living situation had changed and he became my roommate. Shortly after my parents started to recover from COVID, they're much better now. Uh, now knowing that I wasn't going to be evicted soon, I started to furnish my new house. At the time uh, when everyone was collecting checks, relaxing and partying next door, I was working through the pandemic, but also gambling a few extra bucks on the side. I'd received a decent jump in a raise. I then won some things on a charity drive via Facebook, a 55 smart inch 4K TV, Brilliant. as well as a 65 inch TV. Two TVs. The dual screen. <laughs> It's a combination of 110 inches. It's like the the front of the deck of the USS Enterprise. <laughs> uh, with cases on the low end and work picking up, all seemed to be normal again. At this time, my friend had become very close and comfortable. Um, and we were now Friday, sorry, uh, where now every Friday, people were just partying the night way to the full extent of being fully nude throughout the night. This, of course, didn't occur next door. But when oh. they had uh, when we had pool parties at a house, uh, my sorry. I'm just going to reread that sentence again. Yeah, with cases on, with cases on the low end and work picking back up, all seemed to normalize again. At this time, my friend <laughs> had become very close and comfortable. Where now every Friday, people were just partying the nights away to the full extent of being fully nude throughout the night. This, of course, didn't only occur next door, but when we had pool parties at a friend's new home. You guessed it. Everyone did the same thing to where I could say that we're now closer than we've ever have been. It's here where I was able to spend more time with an old high school crush. We aren't currently dating, but sharing some memories with that person in particular made things just a bit more special. Now speaking more current and close to this entry, throughout, uh, through everyone reaching out during these tough times, an old girlfriend of mine dated about 10 years back started to rekindle our old flame. She's currently many hours away and is due to come back to Jersey in a few months. Through our love of photography, music, horror movies, and professional wrestling, we have kept that old flame burning with higher hopes on the horizon. Thank you for reading this. Hopefully not too long an email to share my story. Greatly appreciated. And for Ollie, I will give you the floor. Love you guys. Be well. Stay safe. Kiss, kiss. James. <laughs> look 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 i was that was a roller coaster at the Wasn't start of that tale i was like oh i don't know if i even want to weigh in on this this seems too sad too too many bad things happen it better have an uplifting ending otherwise i don't feel comfortable ranking you but you kept your job, your best friend moved in, your parents recovered, you won two 55-inch-plus TVs in a competition, and now, from what I can understand, your house is a nudist colony <laughs> where people just come over, have fun in your pool, and you're sleeping with everyone. So well done, I guess. <laughs> But where do they rank is the important thing. We've got to make Sorry. a decision soon because we're yes. late for the AEW stream now. What was the name? Uh, that was James. James. James is... Ah. <laughs> it's just so much. It's just so much that, that the TVs are the biggest win, I think. Obviously, yeah. Uh, I'm going to put you... I'm going to put you beneath uh, Jonathan Hedman and Eli, who are tied. So that's about ninth, eighth or ninth place. 
Oh, bloody hell. Oh, bloody hell, indeed. Right, well, that is all we've got time for on this podcast. We've actually got like six more of these that we need to get through. We'll do those on the Raw show next week. Uh, that is all we've got time for. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.